Boy, what an honor it is to be here with you. We appreciate Heritage Baptist Church and sure thank you for the love that you've shown us, our family, over the years. Um, I was just remembering with uh, one of the members when we were here last, of course, it was just my wife and I, and we uh, went to, uh, I believe it was the Ting family uh, in Cal- uh, in San Francisco, and uh, we went to their house, and just remembering all the different things, the meals and the friendships and, and the kindness you showed us. And then over the years now, uh, you've given to several different projects, uh, one in particular, I think it was probably two years ago, uh, we were able to purchase uh, chairs, extra chairs for our church, and we're continuing to use those. We just had a, a big Sunday of over 900, and without chairs like that uh, to add, uh, we wouldn't be able to do. And so um, um, we added bathrooms. We were able to uh, build some restrooms uh, with some of the money that you sent, and so different things like that. And then also the, uh, the large sum that you sent for our Building Faith Project. And Lord willing, we're praying that in January we'll be able to start construction on that. We're in the middle of our building our feeding center, and then Lord willing, uh, immediately as we when we finish that, the uh, our our construction uh, man uh, contractor will move from there to our church property and begin building on that project. And so we thank you so much, so much, uh, for your giving, your sacrificial giving, and uh, we we truly appreciate that. Of course, my family would have loved to be here. I'm here with David. He's over in the children's uh, uh, class there. But um, uh, we appreciate uh, you uh, praying for us as we came flying back from Tanzania. They're in Iowa, my wife, Rachel, and then our three other children are there. Uh, So we have David, Kate, Andrew, and Lauren, and all of them were born there in Tanzania. And um, uh, David is nine. And then Lauren is four, and so everybody else in between there. And uh, they would have loved to be here with you, and uh, they send their greetings. And uh, we thank you. Thank you for your love for us and even taking care of us while we've been here. Uh, Pastor, taking care of us and the meals and and, uh, protecting us and, and all of that. And so we truly appreciate that. Thank you so much. If you'll open your Bibles to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Uh, it was a blessing, the service this morning, and uh, Pastor uh, Haynes, uh, Brother Haynes, you can stand well, for the reading of God's Word, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. The message this morning is uh, uh, was similar to Brother Haynes in a sense, and then Pastor came up and shared about William Carey. And uh, I'll share a little bit about that testimony again. It's exciting when God cements a message. And I've been praying about what to preach. And uh, when pastor's speaking about William Carey, we'll we'll speak a little bit about him. And and, uh, uh, the the well-known quote that he made about missions. But first, I'd like to look in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We'll begin reading in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power, I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we come before you. We thank you for the opportunity to... Look at your word, and Lord, hear preaching this morning. 
whether it be through the live stream or here in person. Lord, I pray that your spirit would come down and would speak to us. Lord, I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit. Lord, guide my tongue and my thoughts. Lord, guide uh, my words, Lord, that I wouldn't add or subtract from anything that you would have said this morning. I pray that you'd fill me. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. William Carey, he was 33 years old, uh, or he was in the country of, I'm sorry, in, in India for 33 years, uh, Baptist missionary, and um, he made a, a, a statement or a quote. He said, I'll go down, uh, I'll go down and take the gospel to India if you'll hold the ropes for me. And boy, uh, the, the message this morning uh, speaking about uh, uh, Paul being lowered down in the basket and holding the rope. And then pastor speaking uh, a little bit about William Carey and eloquently sharing about his testimony. But uh, uh, that simple phrase, holding the ropes. And I'd like to preach on that. Uh, just a practical message on holding the ropes for your missionaries. Holding the ropes in missions. I was encouraged to see uh, right here in your uh, your uh, missionary pamphlet. It says how we can pray for our missionaries. And uh, wow, the wind here a little bit. We have, I mentioned yesterday, we have an open air building. And so I'm used to wind blowing things everywhere. And uh, I'm used to preaching kind of outdoors, especially when we go out to villages. And so I feel right at home. I normally don't have a, uh, a microphone. And so uh, this, this is a blessing. But I was encouraged to see how we can pray for our missionaries. And there's a list here of different things that you can pray for specifically about your missionaries. And really, uh, you look at this list, uh, it doesn't matter what country that they're in. It doesn't matter uh, what, uh, what uh, type of ministry or, or language or uh, culture they're in. Uh, these would apply to any one of your missionaries. And so uh, how can I uh, hold the ropes for my missionaries. Very practical message this morning, but I believe it'll be a blessing to you, and I hope it'll remind you the importance uh, uh, of holding the ropes. Your missionaries are relying on you. Uh, we, we saw here the churches of Macedonia, how they held the ropes for Paul. They were willing to give, even though they were, uh, they were poor people. Uh, the Bible talks about them giving even, uh, even in their trial of affliction, uh, even though they were, uh, they were poor people, they were willing of themselves. They were willing to give. And of course, this uh, is talking about giving financially, uh, but holding the ropes. They truly held the ropes for Paul. I'd like to contrast the churches of Macedonia with the church in Corinth. Let's jump over one chapter in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we'll begin reading in verse 1. For as touching the ministering to the saints, of course that's talking about giving there, it is superfluous for me to write to you, for I know the frowardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago. So Paul is saying you all had a lot of zeal, uh, you had a desire to give, and I boasted of you a year prior to those of Macedonia, the churches of Macedonia, and boy, that encouraged them to give, and he talked about their giving. But now he's speaking, and he's saying, I boasted of you to them of Macedonia that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. Yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be ready 
lest happily if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, that we say not ye should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Paul was a little bit worried because they had not given, they had not uh, followed through with that commitment. They had, uh, they had committed a year prior, but up until this point, they had not held the ropes, if you will. And so Paul was sending Timothy to make sure that everything was ready and that everything was ready to go for their giving. He said, lest we come with those of Macedonia. I'd already bragged on you to those churches in Macedonia, unless we come and find you unprepared. And so I wonder, Christian, you individually, are you holding the ropes for your missionaries? Maybe you say, man, our church, man, we give to missions, and you'll hear the testimonies this evening about what that mission giving uh, has done throughout this world. But I I don't want to speak to you collectively. I want to speak to you individually and how important it is for each one of us to do our part. And I wonder, Christian, this morning, are you holding the ropes for your missionaries? As William Carey said, I'll go if you'll hold the ropes for me. All of your missionaries are, 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 are saying the same thing. We'll go, but we can't go without you holding the ropes. And so you say, uh, Pastor, what can I do? Brother Wyatt, what can I do to hold the ropes for our missionaries? Very practically, number one, you can hold the ropes through prayer. Paul many times said, First uh, Thessal- Thessalonians 5.25, Brethren, pray for us. And boy, if the apostle Paul needed prayer, As he preached the gospel, how much more does Jerry Wyatt or Matt Haynes need your prayers as we go preach the gospel in a foreign country? 2 Thessalonians 3.1, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Paul knew that as he went and traveled to preach the gospel that he needed prayer. He needed prayer warriors. He needed uh, people holding the ropes in prayer. Colossians 4, 3, with all praying also for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mysteries of Christ. Paul not only asked them to pray, but he gave them specific prayers. He said, would you pray that God would open doors? And as I mentioned already, I was encouraged by this how to pray for missionaries because oftentimes we, as we pray for missionaries, we'll say something to the effect of, Lord, bless all of our missionaries. And we kind of lump them all together with one blessing and then move on. And then, now, Lord, I have this need and I have this need and we need your help here and we need uh, this help in finances. And and that's wonderful to to pray and to share your heart with God. But I want to back up there as you pray for your missionaries, pray specifically for them because they're specific needs. Our God is a specific God. Paul, when he asked them to pray, he asked them to pray specifically for them. And so I'd like to share just a few things that I've jotted down uh, that you can pray specifically for your missionaries. And no matter what name that is, whether it's the Wyatts or any one of your missionaries, the many missionaries that you support, you could take that name and maybe you pray for one missionary a week and you, you change that out every week. Or maybe you pray through a list of missionaries, whatever that may be and however God speaks to you about doing that, but you pray specifically for them. And here's a few things. If you'd like to jot it down, you could also, uh, uh, several of the things are right here in this pamphlet. You use this uh, or you, if you'd like to jot that down. Pray for their safety. And no matter where uh, a missionary is, whether it's a, 
a, a restricted access nation or whether it's Tanzania, which is wide open, uh, there are safety issues that we face from time to time. And, uh, of course, uh, oftentimes uh, missionaries from the state stick out. There in Tanzania, we've uh, had, had several, m- many different uh, safety issues. And even on the road as we travel uh, to a different village or we travel to our capital city, uh, there's one road that we travel uh, often and uh, uh, maybe once a month or every two months. It's just a one lane going, one lane coming, and it's, it's the artery for the whole country. And uh, many times we'll see accidents off to the side of the road, a semi-flipped, a truck. I've known uh, at least two missionaries that have died on that road. And so you pray for your missionaries, for their safety as they're traveling all across the United States, for their safety in some of these countries. Uh, our family, uh, we've, we've been uh, broken into, robbed. Uh, people come over our fence at least five times. I remember one time, uh, I, I, it was in the middle of the night, and I came, I woke up, I heard a sound, and I woke up, and I came around the corner, and there was somebody in our kitchen. Uh, apparently, a group of men had, had scaled the wall. They killed our dog and, and uh, uh, tied up our, uh, the guard. We have a guard there, and, and uh, we're coming in. And, boy, we need God's protection. Praise the Lord. They, when they saw me, they went running, and, uh, but, but for safety for your missionaries. Oftentimes going into maybe a village or a city where people don't want a gospel preaching missionary. They don't want the gospel, and so they're fighting that. So pray for their safety. Think about your missionary's safety. Pray for their health, their physical health. Boy, the many different diseases that we face there in Tanzania, the, the many challenges for missionaries even right, right now with COVID, and, uh, but there, there in Tanzania, tuberculosis and typhoid and malaria and all of these things. And how many missionaries have had to come off the field because of health issues? And missionaries that are, their bodies, even as we speak, are racked with diseases. If I'm at home sick with malaria, I'm not out preaching the gospel. And so you pray that God would uh, put a hedge of protection about them with their health, for their physical health, for their mental health. Boy, the challenge is the devil can play those mind games on a missionary, their mental health, their spiritual health, that they would stay strong in God's word, that they wouldn't uh, become weak. Uh, Oftentimes, missionaries uh, don't have a lot of fellowship in their country. Don't have a Sunday school class that they can go to and maybe uh, 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 get encouraged and, and come together. And, and boy, when a missionary starts to get discouraged, they start thinking about back home in their home church. They start thinking about coming to church and they've got the donuts there and the orange juice. And then you sit down and you hear an encouraging message on serving the Lord, on, 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 on being encouraged. So often missionaries can get discouraged. you got to pray for their spiritual health. Yes, we need more missionaries going, but we need to keep the ones we've got. We need to keep them there on the field. How can we do that? By holding the ropes for them. And the number one thing you can do for any missionary, yes, it's important to give. We'll get to that. But the number one thing you can do for any missionary is to pray for them. The number one thing you can do Are you holding the ropes in prayer? Pray for their safety, for their health. Pray for their children. I'm a second-generation missionary. I'm so thankful that God allowed me to grow up there in Tanzania, and he prepared me for the ministry that he has. But not all missionary kids uh, uh, turn out that way. 
Some are not so thankful and some are uh, bitter. Pray that God would protect those young people and that God would uh, uh, not cause uh, uh, or not allow uh, certain things to happen and, and that they wouldn't feel like they missed out, but that they get to serve the Lord on a foreign field. A large percentage of missionaries that are going to the mission field right now are, are second-generation missionaries. We need more, more uh, of anybody going. But a lot of times it's second-generation missionaries. You pray for those young people because there are many that go to the wayside. And so you pray for those children as they're being homeschooled many times and they're trying to uh, learn a language. And they weren't necessarily called. They know dad was called. They know mom and dad were called to that field. But those young people, all of my children were born in Tanzania. They didn't have a choice in that. And so pray for those young people. And boy, when that's a burden on a parent, if a child is, 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 is hating his life and is, is, is pushing against that and saying, man, I want to be in the States. And, and I remember I never went through any rebellious time, or, but I remember missing America as a young person. And so pray for those children. Some of these things maybe you don't think about, but as you look at that, that picture of that missionary, and maybe there's a couple kids there, you pray for those missionary children. Pray for their family. Pray for the children. Pray for their marriage. Pray that their marriage would stay strong. You realize if that marriage falls apart, they're coming off the mission field. We've got to hold the ropes for these families. Any marriage, anywhere in the world, goes through troubled times. Serving the Lord can be uh, strenuous. And then dealing with uh, uh, culture and, and visas, as Pastor mentioned, all of these are extra strains. And pray for that missionary's marriage, that it would stay strong. I've seen marriages fall apart, and they don't stay on the mission field. So you pray that that marriage would stay strong, they'd stay close to God as they stay close together, serving the Lord. Boy, marriage can be, a wife can be a tremendous blessing. And as uh, Brother Haynes testified, and I would do the same uh, if it weren't for Rachel uh, being standing beside me, my wife, I wouldn't be able to stay there in Tanzania. If our marriage falls apart, what, 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 I, I've, I've got to come off the field. And so pray for your missionaries' marriage. Pray for their children. Pray for their ministry. I mentioned uh, uh, yesterday, we're doing the same thing that you're doing here. And so as you come to church on a Sunday morning, you think, and you think of all the different missionaries that, and actually it's Saturday night for you all. I was thinking about our church there Last night, about, uh, well, 10 o'clock is there, 8 o'clock, and they're going, and they're getting, they're blowing off uh, the property, and just as you were blowing off this morning, it was making me feel at home. Um, but they're getting things ready, and they've already had their services. And as you go to bed on a, on a Saturday night, you think about your missionaries doing the same thing, trying to reach people, get the gospel out, trying to disciple new believers, singing uh, oftentimes the same hymns, different language, preaching the same gospel. Pray for the ministry there. Uh, there, that God would open doors, as Paul said, that God would open unto us a door of utterance. Looking to different villages and different cities, where, where could we 
preach the gospel next? Where could we start a church? Uh, Lord, give us uh, young men that would surrender. Just as pastor is burdened about young people surrendering their lives right in this church and going to spread the gospel around this world and, and, and young people uh, surrendering to be missionaries and pastors and assistant pastors, we're burdened for the same thing there in Tanzania. If we're to reach Tanzania for the gospel, we need young people, uh, young women and young men that would surrender their lives to serve the Lord. And so as you think about your missionaries and as you have prayer requests right here, whether it's a building project or some challenges, your missionaries are oftentimes facing the same exact thing, with the same desires that you have here in reaching people for the lost. Holding the ropes for your missionaries. I wonder, are you holding the ropes for your missionaries? Think about this. If your child were a missionary, you probably would pray a little bit harder than you're praying right now. Sometimes we just need a reset button. I'm encouraged. I'm blessed by your church, and, and I know you give, and I know you pray, but I just want to encourage you. We can all do a little bit more. We can all do a little bit more. Holding the ropes for your missionaries. Holding the ropes through prayer. Number two, holding the ropes by giving. In this same passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, when he was speaking in chapter 8 and then chapter 9, talking about giving to missions, I want us to read 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, but he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Understand that this passage is speaking about giving to missions. Obviously, the principle can be used in, in, in many aspects of life, but, but this is specifically speaking about giving, uh, in, his, in essence, to missions, giving it to uh, those churches uh, so that Paul could get the gospel out. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. We see a promise here given to those who give to missions. Nobody's bending your arm behind your back saying, you, you better give. But boy, what a missed opportunity. Tonight, you're going to hear about uh, many people that have trusted Christ because of your church's missions giving. What a missed opportunity. I was looking at some stocks here recently, and I noticed Tesla. I forget how much, what percentage it's up. And some, some people might think, man, what a missed opportunity. If I would have invested in Tesla or Apple in March, and now, I, think, I forget, 300%, maybe something, crazy amount. Boy, man, what a missed investment opportunity. No, I'll tell you, a missed investment opportunity is not giving to Faith Promise Missions. Because that's something that when you invest, you'll never lose it. The stock can go up or down in this worldly stock market, but you'll never, God's stock market never crashes. You'll have that for eternity. Are you holding the ropes in giving? Of course, you can't give to missions or, or truly in a way that's pleasing to God if you're not tithing first. You've got to tithe. That's, that's God's. 
You tithe. You make sure you're tithing. And I, I would encourage you, Christian, even through these trying times, this is not a time to, uh, uh, to, to, to hold back in your giving. Well, when we get back to normal, we'll start giving back to normal. No, I hope you would continue and be faithful in your tithing right now. And so you give your tithes. You give offerings. You give to faith promise. And Pastor has mentioned the, the capital offering. I hope you would consider that and pray about that. Lord, what would you have me do so that I could hold the ropes for uh, uh, mission projects all around this world so that I could be a part of churches being started around this world? What an opportunity to invest. What an opportunity to, to give to God's work. And be thankful. Uh, your pastor and the staff are, are very diligent in who they invest in. You can be confident knowing that when we give, man, we're giving to some wonderful missionaries all around this world. I hope you would hold the ropes through your giving. Paul encouraged them. He said, God loveth a cheerful giver. Speaking about giving to missions, I hope you would get excited as a family, you would say, uh, honey, what, what, let's get excited. What, what can we do this year? Are we going to keep it right at the same, or is God going to increase our faith? And you realize I don't preach this because I get anything more. You, your church already supports me. I'm, I'm coming back, and that's the exciting thing about a furlough, furloughing missionary, coming back. I, I preach this not for my benefit but for your benefit. I don't want you to miss an opportunity. I don't want you to miss an opportunity to see souls saved in the Middle East or in Tanzania or any one of the many countries that your church represents in its missions giving. Are you holding the ropes? An artist was commissioned to paint a picture of a dying church. You may have heard this illustration before. And uh, when he was commissioned, people thought that he would paint a picture of a church that was dilapidated and the boards were falling off and uh, uh, it was just falling apart. Maybe one or two people in the service. But he didn't. He painted a picture of a beautiful building with a massive edifice and, and uh, uh, many congregants inside. And then off to the corner, there was a little box similar to your offering box over here. A small box that said missions with cobwebs all over it. A church not getting the gospel out. A church just meeting simply as maybe a social club. I hope that wouldn't be you individually. I know your church is not like that, but maybe you individually. What are you doing to hold the ropes for your missionaries in giving? Praying. Giving. Number three, holding the ropes by staying faithful. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. Uh, he's speaking uh, about giving, this grace, this giving. But he also says, as ye abound in everything. He's simply saying, you need to stay faithful. Yes, we need you to stay faithful to your giving, but... Stay faithful to the other areas of the Christian life. Staying faithful to your Bible reading. Staying faithful to walking with God. Staying faithful to church. Staying faithful to serving the Lord. Staying faithful to being a witness. What a blessing it has been to see familiar faces 
13 years later of those who've just stayed faithful right here where God has placed you. I, I don't remember who mentioned it, Brother Haynes or, or Pastor, but staying faithful on that rope. When you step away from the rope, that affects your missionaries. That affects this church's giving. When you stop praying for your missionaries, that can have an effect. Everybody is important on that rope. You know, Satan loves to minimize, loves to minimize the impact that we can have as one individual, as one Christian. He loves to tell you, oh, you're giving your $10, your $20, your $50, whatever it may be that God has placed on. Your giving really doesn't matter in the big scheme of things. That's what the devil likes to tell you. He likes to tell you, what is your prayers? What, 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 what kind of an impact do those really have? He likes to minimize the impact that, that God can have through us by holding the rope. But as just as a, a game of tug of war, when you have everybody on the rope, you have one team over here, one team over here, what happens? And they're pulling and they're, that, that rope is taut. What happens when one individual slips and falls? We've all seen it. The other team wins. I remember one year at camp, uh, it was boys against girls, and uh, the boys uh, could not beat the girls for some reason. Come to find out, the girls had tied the other end of the rope on a tree, and um, boys were pretty mad about that. <laughs> they, they, they demanded to, play, to do boys against girls, but anyways. But you know, every individual on the rope is so important. Whether it's a young person, I remember uh, beginning to give to missions just as a little boy. Before our family went, we went to Tanzania when I was 10 years old. My, my dad was in his 30s, and we went to Tanzania. But I remember uh, in, in, in first grade and second grade, giving to faith-promised missions. I, I, I give, gave all through college, and we still give to missions. Being a part of that, and Brother Haynes mentioned, and I believe any missionary worth his salt will give to missions. But being a part of those holding the ropes, getting on the ropes, holding the ropes through prayer, through giving, through staying faithful. 2 Timothy 4.10, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Demas was on the ropes, but then he forsook the ropes. Having loved this present, he got distracted. I hope you wouldn't get distracted. We can get distracted by a lot of things, and some of them aren't necessarily bad things even. But we get distracted, whether it's work or even uh, 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 vacations and, and, and doing enjoyable things. But we get distracted by the busyness of life, and we neglect to hold the ropes, to do those things that God has asked us to do. Number three, staying faithful, holding the ropes, holding the ropes by staying faithful. Oswald J. Smith said, the light that shines the furthest shines the brightest at home. What does that mean? That means the church that is excited about being faithful right where they are, being a, a light, being a witness, serving the Lord, is the church that has the most impact across the world. The church that really doesn't care. The Christian that really doesn't care uh, if people are trusting Christ right here in San Leandro, they don't care about Tanzanians accepting Christ either. 
If you aren't a part and, and you aren't excited about uh, 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 being a part of your church and serving the Lord right here, you probably don't really care too much about worldwide evangelism either. So I encourage you, Christian, be faithful right where God's placed you. If God's called you right here, stay faithful. Stay faithful. Serve God. Number four, holding the ropes through correspondence. Through correspondence, 1 Corinthians 7, 1. Now concerning the things whereof ye wrote unto me. They were corresponding with Paul. They were writing to Paul. I'm encouraged by your pastor. He's one of the few pastors that corresponds uh, with our family. And I encourage you, Christian, have you ever corresponded with a missionary? I understand that sometimes if it's a restricted access nation, sometimes there are different protocol in different ways, but you could let them know in some way, whatever missionary it may be, that you're praying for them, that you're thinking about them, that you've read their most recent prayer letter. Sometimes as missionaries send out prayer letters, it's almost like you send it into the abyss. And it goes out, and you, you, you know people are praying, but sometimes the devil can discourage you. But boy, what an encouragement that is when people reply or, or people uh, uh, let you know just out of the blue, hey, we're praying for you, Brother Wyatt. We're praying for the ministry. We're praying for this specific need through correspondence. Have you ever, boy, in this day of technology, I can be in a village and I can get an iMessage right through to my phone. So simple. Boy, all the ills of technology, but man, there are ways to use that technology for God's glory and to help hold the ropes for our missionaries. You can shoot a, a missionary. You can write a, a letter, take a couple weeks. Uh, we've had many pieces of mail take a year or more. You can send a letter. You can send an email. You could send a text. Most missionaries on their prayer letter uh, has a way to contact them and just let them know, hey, brother, we're praying for you. This individual, we're, we're praying for this, uh, this, this specific need. We're praying for your visas. We, as Pastor alluded to, uh, next year we, we, uh, we, we are going to be renewing our visa. We have to do that every two years. And recently, some laws have changed. I guess in 2016, laws have changed. We, we've renewed it uh, twice, but now this will be our third renewal, and we need the Lord to work. And we've been trying to make uh, the right connections and talk to the right people, and we're trying to make sure that we have everything in order and try to make a, a, a case and, and plead with them uh, to allow us to continue serving there in Tanzania. But we need people to pray about that. If they... If they if they reject us, my parents have been missionaries there since 1995, and they were uh, recently rejected. They, they were rejected. They went back and appealed it. They were rejected again, and then the third time, uh, God opened the door, and they were able to get their, their visa again for another two years. But you pray for us. Boy, that's, that, that is a burden, and as we move forward by faith, and as we're seeking to reach more people, we need God to work in that specific area. So it's praying for your missionaries, staying faithful, giving, holding the ropes. And then I'd like to finish here this last point. We need some more folks on the other end of the rope. We need some more folks who'll surrender. As I mentioned already, my, my father was in his 30s when he surrendered and went to Tanzania. It doesn't matter 
how old you are, if God is calling you, you need to surrender. We need some young people. You've got a whole life ahead of you to surrender and go to the mission field. But God may be calling somebody already in their 20s. God may be calling somebody already in their 30s. I met a missionary on deputation. He was in his 80s. I don't know if I would recommend that, but that's between him and God. And God, God will use him. Surrendered. Simply saying, Lord, if you want me to, I'm on this end of the rope. I'm holding the ropes for our missionaries. If you want me to go to the other end of the rope, I'll go. You see, we all need to be on the rope somewhere, okay? That's in God's will. If God's will is for you to be right here serving the Lord and holding the ropes for missionaries on the other end, praise the Lord. Keep, keep on keeping on. Stay faithful. But if God wants you on the other end of the rope and you're on this end, you're not in the center of God's will. We're all simply trying to do exactly God's will, God's purpose, God's plan for our lives. If you're not on the rope this morning, I, I, I would encourage you, be a part of it. You're missing out on so much. You're missing out on blessings. You're missing, and, and, and you won't even know all the blessings this side of heaven. How exciting it will be to meet Tanzanians one day because you gave. How exciting it will be to, to meet people from the Middle East and from China and from all of the different countries around the world. And they'll say, you're from Heritage Baptist Church, aren't you? Thank you for sending somebody to bring the gospel to us. Are you holding the ropes? I'd ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Are you holding the ropes for your missionaries? Are you giving? Maybe say, I'm giving. But you know the Lord wants you to do a little bit more. Are you praying? Maybe you say, I do pray for our missionaries, but maybe the Lord wants you to pray more specifically about it. 